Welcome to Grace Stories. Uh, this is Garrett from Grace Community Church. Uh, so glad that you guys are here watching this. I have the uh, extreme pleasure of sitting down and talking with Terrence Gibson, former uh, classmate together, uh, choir buddy, uh, and Terrence is currently working on a PhD at Liberty University and a chaplain at Jane Phillips Hospital. And so uh, I just thought it would be cool to get Terrence in, uh, have some conversations about what uh, some of the things he's been going through right now uh, in the midst of a lot of crazy stuff. And so um, to s just start off, uh, Terrence, is there anything that you'd like to say <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on this show. Um, as, a, as you said, I work at Jane Phillips, and uh, I am a chaplain. And I served in that capacity during this COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. It was certainly interesting uh, serving in a, as a chaplain during a pandemic, yes. which nobody living today uh, has ever experienced or worked, worked through. So it was interesting changing my paradigm of ministry mm -hmm. uh, as a chaplain and uh, serving families who uh, were experiencing grief and suffering and sadness um, in a unique way that I've never experienced. Yeah. So. So you, how, you know, how did you become a, a chaplain and, you know, what was that process like? How long have you been doing it now? And, you know, if you could have looked back when you first started uh, doing this work, uh, you know, with this unique ministry, would you have ever thought that you would have had to provide a level of uh, spiritual pastoral care uh, to people in, in such a unique way, given a lot of the the, the difficulties or the uh, unusual circumstances that people have had to deal with uh, during all of this? Well, I got into chaplaincy through a CPE program, which is a clinical pastoral education that was offered at the seminary at the time. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I, I had no ambitions to be a chaplain. <laughs> but through the work, I realized that I had some skills and some talents that may be useful in that setting and I realized that I, I enjoy the work very much. Now to answer your second question, I had no idea and nobody had any idea that uh, 2020 was going to be the year that uh, uh, that the world is on fire metaphorically yeah. and that uh, hospitals would be shutting down and uh, in the sense of uh, nobody in, nobody out except for essential staff and Mm -hmm. it, it changed the dynamic of what I do and uh, who I speak to and uh, and it added a sense of urgency uh, and so no but it, it, it I've learned some things about myself through the process yeah uh, I've learned that I that I am doing what God is supposed to be that God has uh, that God wants me to be doing mm -hmm. and um, so yeah and I've learned that being the hands and feet of Jesus doesn't stop just because there's a pandemic. Yeah. Yes. That people still need to have hope, that people still need to hear, that someone cares for them. 
and everyone has a story, which is the purpose of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about my job is I get to listen to people's stories. Yes. Uh, where they come from, uh, who they are, uh, what makes them unique. Um, and so, and it, 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 it's, it's really cool. Um, uh, there are some challenges, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. So you, you know, you've been, been doing, you know, the, the chaplaincy for, for a while. Uh, the, there's probably a lot of things that for who knows how long, you know, is kind of routine when it comes to doing that kind of work. And then all of a sudden you have a lot of these, you know, stipulations, whether it's how many people are allowed in a, in a room to do visitations or maybe, you know, who's allowed into certain areas of the hospital, uh, so, you know, given, given some of those circumstances, uh, what, what was some, some of the things that were similar in, in the work that you were doing? What are, were some of the things that, you know, don't, didn't change? You don't think will probably ever change, but what are some of the things that, that you had to learn to do differently? Some of the ways that you learned, had to learn how to adapt to the situations and the hand you were dealt? Hmm. Well, one of the things that changed was... Uh, like all churches have changed and all ministries have changed, uh, was uh, the in order to mitigate risk, some of my chaplaincy work went into phone conversations mm-hmm. with families, which you know I had some in I've had some experience with that, but it definitely was heavier uh, on phone conversations with 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 individuals and with family members and. It it changed it changed the way I I I thought about ministry because or chaplaincy because I'm at the bedside with a patient and mm-hmm. with family and uh, we're we're talking and we're uh, uh, pastoral care is happening uh, live and present uh, but sometimes that was just not a reality due to stipulations. Yeah through hospitals across the nation, not just ours. Mm -hmm. So not just myself, all chaplains and all practitioners and all doctors and nurses who could not, who would normally under normal circumstances be able to speak with family members, Mm -hmm. um, suddenly had to call family members. And and so that was the new thing. But what stayed the same was genuineness. The fact that we still care, the fact Mm -hmm. that, and you know, as an Ascension Hospital, we're a Christian organization, so uh, pastoral care is something that they really emphasize strongly. We emphasize strongly, so uh, it was, uh, we, we're still carrying out the mission, uh, the healing ministry of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and it was still significant, even even though it was on the phone, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, other mediums, uh, but that stayed the same, mm-hmm. was the fact that we still care and we're still we are still here and uh so yeah those are the things that changed and stayed the same so so given that you you're having to shift to do more more things over the phone or you know i i know some people have utilized technology in a different way was it difficult to be able to interact with a family especially if you know, their loved one, whether it's a spouse or a child or a grandparent, was it, was it difficult 
to be able to have the maybe the hard conversations with them when you don't have uh, you know, maybe maybe it's something like a, a, a facial cue, uh, you know, or to, to be able to hear the tone of their voice or to be able to, to um, you know, have the family come together and, you know, losing losing something like, uh, you know, touch or, or anything like that to be able to, uh, you know, connect with them in that way, you know, losing the, the, the connection that people have when they're, like this face to face, um, you know, how, how were you able to kind of navigate that? Um, and was that something that you kind of noticed right away losing, uh, you know, some of that, uh, you know, face to face interaction? Yeah, it was, it was certainly different. Uh, certainly ministry over the phone is different than ministry in person. You're exactly right. I can see you, I can read your face, I can mm-hmm. read your body language, and that does make it uh, more personable, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily make it less significant. Yes. And uh, given the constraints and our reality, it was all we had. Mm-hmm. And I think people were understanding, and, uh, and um, it made it different, but certainly it was, it was, it was, and in some cases it was much more significant because, you know, I can sit on a phone call and I can and I can hear you and I can listen to you and mm-hmm. I uh, and sometimes some people do better on the phone mm-hmm. you know, than in person. Sometimes it can be daunting to be standing in front of some. Sometimes it can be that power differential, me standing with you mm-hmm. as a chaplain. And so different, but not not, not better, not worse, just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes me think, you know, because because you bring that up and I, I and I've thought about that. As well for for people who have connected with us because of what we've been able to do online, what we've been, you know, having to do at a necessity online, they're getting to experience, uh, you know, our church, our our values and our mission in a in a way that's that's unique and that they may not have done if they would have had to come into the building and walk through those doors and sit down and then talk to us, shake our hands, because they're having to be uh, vulnerable in a different way, you know, when they're coming into the building face-to-face than rather being in their own home, you know, in their own comfort zone, um, especially when they don't know us. Because I know, uh, you know, for you, I'm just assuming that a lot of, you know, people that you're interacting with, you, you know, you don't have you know, the, the luxury of having that, you know, connection, that relationship with, with someone. And so sometimes, you know, I can imagine these people that you're, you're trying to provide care for, you're also talking to for maybe the first or the second time. And so, you know, for some of those people out there that, uh, you know, really don't want to, you know, learn ways to, to utilize the technology they have or to utilize the, the tools that are at their disposal to do whatever it is, you know, any, any aspect of their job or if they have a ministry or, uh, you know, if, if it's even the way that they, you know, interact with their household, you know, what, what would you say to those people that, that say, well, you know, it's like, cause like you said, it's not better. It's not worse. What would you say to the people that 
are probably going to be on the other side of this saying, no, it's, it can't be, it can't be the same. It's got to be different. You know, what do you, what do you say to those people? Do you want the, the, the TV <laughs> answer? Or do you want the, the, the real answer? Uh, whatever, whatever you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> I would say be authentic. Yeah. If you are inauthentic, it will show. Um, if you got in the ministry to, to, to stand before crowds and to be the savior, um, you know, it's showing. And I think one of the benefits of, of the COVID crisis, uh, and I'm, I, I put that in parentheses because mm-hmm. there's, there's been a lot of tragedy, but one of the good things that have come from that is it showed, it shows, uh, people's hearts and real ministerial intent. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've had pastors, friends, I'm from Oakland, California originally, who've hated uh, that their doors were closed mm-hmm. and uh, but that's the only ministry paradigm that they've that they've experienced and know and understand so once that was taken away from them mm. um, they were left with nothing because they what do you mean I I you know it's only virtual mm-hmm. uh, uh, the pastors who've embraced it with authenticity and their true selves and really checked on the mem- members and have been active and still been the authentic selves. And by authentic selves is you're not trying to be fake. You're not trying to be an, a televangelist. Um, you know, uh, they've done well with the virtual and mm-hmm. uh, phone call ministry. Um, Cause I think it shows Yeah, uh, if you still care, care carries through, through virtual means. And, mm-hmm. um, that has been evident and, if people don't care, it's it, it shows as well. You know, if if I'm more concerned about this this structure and mm-hmm. you know me having a 500 uh, member service and it just being a wonderful time. Um, but on on the flip side of that, if my pastor's been calling me weekly because he hasn't been seeing me, mm. it, it, it's it's benefited uh, yeah. some in, in some ways, and some have got to connect in ways that were not possible and some churches have learned new paradigms i myself on a on a personal note have learned new paradigms that are going to keep with me that are going to stay with me my entire my entire ministry mm. uh, so yeah i would say be be authentic be true to yourself don't don't be a phony because uh, mm. uh, it will show itself every single time mm-hmm. uh, in authenticity yeah so you know, kind of moving from from that uh, and thinking about, uh, you know, let's say that you're you're providing that uh, you know that care for someone in the hospital that's sick and struggling. Um, you know, thinking about providing care for their families while they're still present. You know, wh- what was difficult? What were some of the challenges? Um, for, for some of those patients where, you know, unfortunately they weren't, they weren't able to make it or, you know, they, they, you know, weren't, weren't able to, uh, pass on with people in, in the room present with them. How, how was that challenging? Not only for, for them or for you or their families. I think it was one of the things for me was seeing, the hospital staff grieve in different ways, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, 
as I said, ordinarily we're all there, we're all there in person, and uh, we're we're able to have the physical touch and connection. Sometimes we're able to be physically present, um, but some, you know, especially during the height of that, that was just not possible. Mm-hmm. And but even though that that wasn't possible, uh, still picking up the phone and saying. Uh, we we are here for you uh, went a long way in my opinion uh, and again I go back to that authenticity you know mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be fake I'm not trying to be phony this is who we are mm-hmm. uh, it went a long way mm-hmm. yeah so you know in in the midst of of all of it what what are some of the things that you think um, you'll you'll do differently or some of the the specific things that you uh, will will think about that you maybe weren't thinking about before you know when you're walking in to to a room and this is all you know said and done and people are are there again we can be present you know what what are you going to be thinking about that you weren't thinking about before i'm going to be thinking about the people who can't be in that space maybe family members who, for whatever reason, can't be there because they themselves are sick or halfway across the world. And uh, I'm going to be thinking about that a lot more. You know, some, sometimes when you're there, you just think about what's the people that is in the room. You mm-hmm. know, I've got patients and I've got family members and these are the people I'm ministering to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one life can affect people. You know, my mother lives in California. So if she were to pass away suddenly... My me being in Oakland, Oklahoma, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my family, I still have siblings in California. So if there was a chaplain there, they could benefit from, you know, that ministry. But I myself, you know, fifteen hundred miles away, wouldn't be able to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about new ways that I could, you know, possibly provide uh, pastoral care to those, or at least offer it to to those family members who are, um, who are away, who who are who are not there, and mm-hmm. that that their grief still matters too, even though they're not in that physical space. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the, the takeaways for me was that uh, it's not everyone in that in that space that that is only grieving. I, mm-hmm. I know we knew that, you know, cognitively, but sometimes it takes it to, to settle, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your spirit. And, you know, if at all possible, we need to be sensitive to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, in in the midst of it, at the peak uh, of this, and you know, even thinking about, you know, th- what if something like this happens again? You know, are there are there certain, you know, challenges that you, uh, you know, you think that you'll face or that your f- you know family faces? Thinking about you know you being in in the middle of, uh, you know. A potentially, you know, dangerous situation being with people who um, have have something, a sickness or a disease that that there's no cure for, you know, how how did that, you know, or how do you think that will affect uh, the way that, uh, you know, your family, uh, you know, interacts with you? Well, all you can do is be careful. Mm. Uh, 
you know, it's all around us. It wasn't just limited to the hospital bu- building, uh, mm-hmm. which is why we shut down uh, not just hospital buildings, but the entire country virtually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all we can do is be careful and be prayerful. Mm-hmm. I've never been one who, who, uh, who, who who's lived in fear mm-hmm. of, of, you know, going to be catching this, you know, but I've never been one who who's also uh, disregarded CDC guidelines of mm-hmm. wearing masks in public pl- places and, you know, ignoring social distancing rules. Um, you know, I think it was a balance for, for me and my family and my wife, who's the light of my life, really, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, helped me with some of those fears. Because in the beginning, I was like, oh, we got to wear these, <laughs> we got to wear these masks and oh, this and all that. And, we got to wash our hands 40 times a day. And, you know, my hands were chapped, cracked, and bleeding. I couldn't wash them anymore. They, yeah. they just, um, but as, as the days went by, you know, I trust that God is going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be ridiculous and not take, you know, common sense, you know, mm-hmm. protocols. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was. I was never in fear that my family was going to get it or mm. that I myself was going to get it or, uh, uh, you know, I think Walmart is kind of ground zero for mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was more fearful of going into Walmart than I was going into the hospital yeah. <laughs> of catching the, you know, hospitals. They have, you know, uh, they have a lot more. Procedures, procedures, and <laughs> absolutely, Walmart is like it's open season it's for, for all. <laughs> you know, like somebody's coughing over there while you're trying to check out. It's like, it's like, yeah. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate you you saying it in that way because I think, you know, early on a lot of people thought, well, if if I if I do, you know, do X, Y, or Z, or if I let someone else dictate what I'm what I'm doing, then I'm not trusting in God, you know, or I'm living in fear or any of the, you know, you hear those buzzwords. I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's important to recognize, you know, I, I can be mindful and I can, you know, listen, stop and listen to what people are saying around me and what, you know, the, the situations are, uh, you know, and try and discern, you know, how, how many times do I need to wash my hands or, yeah. you know, you know, where do I need to be, you know, going or doing. And I think, you know, for any situation that, that we can find ourselves in, in this country, you know, w- whether it's a sickness or whether it's, you know, any kind of situation, I think it's important to, you know, you know, like you said, first, like you trust in God that, that he's going to be in control of all of it. But then also, you know, remembering that, that there are people, that there are, are experts that understand the reality of situations. And, you know, you have to be able to find that balance of, you know, what am I going to, to do? How am I going to operate uh, given these situations. And so I appreciate, you know, the fact that you, you know, first of all, honest about, cause I was the same way when, when all this first started, I, I probably drove 
my wife nuts <laughs> because I was constantly monitoring how much she touched her face, and I had my my, my hands were in my pocket. I <laughs> I was I was not gonna gonna do anything like that. But I think, you know, easing up on that a little bit, and you know, realizing okay, well, what what is the reality of the situation, and you know ultimately giving it over to God and, and saying, I'm trusting in you, yes. uh, to, to keep me safe and to, you know, be present in, in all these situations. Um, and so, you know, I think that's something that, you know, as, as this potentially continues or if it gets worse or hopefully gets better, you know, or if, there's something else that happens like this down the road, you know, for anyone listening, you know, I just urge you to, to do the same, to, you know, trust that God has control over it and to not live in fear, but to also, you know, to be thoughtful and to, to, you know, just really listen to what's going on and to, to be able to think through it and, you know, just use common sense when it's needed. Um, I'd like to add too that if you are living in fear, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with with fear. Fear is an emotion, just like happiness and sadness. And there's nothing wrong with experiencing an emotion, mm-hmm. especially in a pi- pandemic. There's nothing wrong with being in fear. Uh, you're not less of a Christian because you have mm-hmm. fear. You're not less of a believer or anything if you're if you're living in fear because fear is a reality. Mm-hmm. I think where I try to draw the line is I try not to let fear be the only thing that motivates my behavior. Mm-hmm. That if I have fear, I recognize it. Oh, well, I'm fearful. And I uh, I try to be logical with the process, mm-hmm. you know, because I think there, there, were, there was a certain uh, sentiment that, you know, we just need to negate all of our fear. We mm-hmm. need to negate, negate that. No, yeah, for, in, at least in my opinion, you don't have to negate the fear. Uh, in some instance, in some instances, it's okay to have a healthy fear. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to walk across Highway 75. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> with those big semis. You know, that's a healthy fear. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, I, I, I'm careful about that emotion mm-hmm. because it is an emotion that is real yep. and is there to protect us mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of instances. But when you feel the need to be fear, fear, fearful or if you are fearful, you know, take a step back and say, why am I fearful? Am I yeah. fearful because uh, this is, you know, I'm at greater risk, you know, because mm-hmm. there are some people at greater risk mm-hmm. uh, for this for this virus. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I affirm people's fears without without, you know, always affirming the behavior that follows the fear, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, fear is a real emotion. And, you know, there's a lot of people, Christians alike, that mm-hmm. that have very real, reasonable fears of, of, of this virus. And um, and I affirm them. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm sure, you know, there were a lot of people that you, you know, were working with, uh, you know, that, that were, you know, sick, whether or not, you know, it's this virus, maybe it's, it's something else. It's, it's a, you know, an upcoming procedure or, um, you know, a a bad diagnosis. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who, you know, at, at the intersection of, of a difficult situation, you know, they have 
those emotions, yeah. they have, have different emotions, whether it's, you know, fear or anger. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can imagine that it's probably not the best practice to dismiss yeah. the emotions that those people are going through, but to help them work through that. To sit with them. Mm. Um, it's not. It's never my job as a chaplain, and even it's carried on into my pastoral ministry to fix people. Mm-hmm. That's God's work. That's at least that's a theological view of mine, and, mm-hmm. and it's carried over into my practice. I try not to correct people's fears uh, or any type of emotion or anybody's happinesses or joys. Uh, my job is just to witness there, witness it, and to affirm the humanity that's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's how I view it, and it's carried over into my pastoral ministry. You know, somebody somebody said something. Somebody says something to me, and and I said, Pastor, uh, I'm really I'm really scared about this. My job is not to tell them you shouldn't be scared. You know, mm-hmm. everything's gonna be all right. My job is to say, Wow, uh, what's your heart telling you about this situation? Or I affirm your your fears, and I affirm who you are, and um, and I, I part of it is active listening. Uh, at least is 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 my paradigm because. Uh, Normally, people will, will arrive to conclusions themselves, mm-hmm. and all they needed to to hear, all they really needed was somebody to be physically present, or in our case, virtually present over mm-hmm. the phone, to to process it. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad to be that that conduit to help people process their emotions, whatever their emotions is, whether it's happiness, whether it's grief, wh- whether it's overwhelming guilt, or or. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Whatever the case may be, uh, uh, what's cool about what I do is I, I I get to I get to hear that and I get yeah. to affirm the humanity that's there, and, and I think that's cool. Yeah, you you know it makes me think about you know a lot of interactions that Jesus would have had with with followers, whether they were the disciples or not. You know there were there were moments where they had an emotional response to something going on, whether it was the way Jesus interacted with another person or, you know, the way that he, you know, just loved or cared for the people um, that didn't normally get that care and love. And instead of trying to, you know, tell them what to do, he walks through it with them and he's, you know, trying to help them realize, you know, what, what they, you know, what their, you know, underlying heart is and, and come to those conclusions on their own and to, to be able to grow, um, in a, in a way that's not me dictating, you know, well, this is just, here's, here's a five-step plan for how you need to, you know, to walk through this situation or how you need to, to respond differently, but to be able to actually experience personal growth in an organic, healthy way. Absolutely. I think about the, the road to Emmaus, you know, how they walked alongside Jesus and didn't know that it was him, Mm. you know, you know, in a lot of ways, that's kind of my paradigm. You know, I don't want to be overly religious or Mm -hmm. I just want to be present. Yep. Uh, people don't need you to 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 fix them, and oftentimes people don't want you to fix them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, sitting with somebody, the ministry of presence, uh, 
learning CPE and certainly it's translated into chaplaincy uh, is so powerful because simply being there with somebody mm-hmm. uh, means the world. And you know, I tear up when I when I think about it because uh, the world is starving for somebody to, to just be there. Mm-hmm. Just don't judge me. Don't have any. Don't don't medicate me. Don't yeah. don't try to uh, do spiritual surgery on me. Mm-hmm. Don't preach to me. Don't tell me I'm going to hell. Don't tell me that. Don't correct my theology. Mm-hmm. You know, just be here with me. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think you know that's that's huge, especially you know in this in this day and time. You know, if if <coughs> if I'm with someone, if I'm trying to, you know, if I if I genuinely love them. You know, my my first inclination to should be, you know, just being present and being able to to listen to what they're going through. My, you know, I I would never want my immediate response. And I think sometimes it ends up becoming our our first response is, well, how can I fix this situation? You know, for me personally, that's something that I I really struggle with a lot because I love to fix things, and sometimes I treat people like that and it's well how can i make them feel better how can i make the their life better or 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 whatever it is and i i don't actually acknowledge you know the struggles they're going through i i don't acknowledge their history uh you know and i i don't allow them to to really you know just share their heart you know regardless of what they believe or, you know, where they came from. And, you know, for, for people that are experiencing, you know, profound uh, levels of grief in a, such a hard, different, uh, unique way in times like this, I think that, you know, what, what my first inclination should be is, is just to to hear what they have to say and to to be able to uh, learn more about them as a person, yeah. uh, especially for those people that you don't have a relationship with. And and I can only imagine, you know, in a in a hospital setting and in, in this day and age, there there are a few people, probably more so in a place like Bartlesville, Oklahoma, who you know are believers. But I'm sure there's plenty of people that that aren't and so you know i appreciate i appreciate what you said you know not trying to you know dissect them or or to fix them or to to show them the right way to think or act or or anything like that and so you know i think that that can carry over into to lots of different areas of life absolutely are you trying to fix people because of your own biases of your feeling the need to to fix them or you uh, I mean you have to constantly be checking yourself as, as well uh, why do I feel the need to fix this person mm-hmm. uh, and am I the arbiter for all the fixes for everybody in their life and I think that's arrogant some people uh, certainly I can affirm myself that I, I had that view of pastoral ministry uh, prior to chaplaincy is I'm the preacher I'm the one who has the the answers to everyone. You just need to listen to me, and if you listen to me, you're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you know, I'm I'm the spiritual clinician in this setting, and I have the answers that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God really had to humble me and say, "No, 
you really don't. Mm-hmm. But here's what you can do. You can be there. And mm-hmm. No judgment, no condemnation, no um, no need to fix uh, good or bad theology, which is relative mm-hmm. to maybe how what I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. Uh, or my own biases, my own presuppositions. Because uh, when you walk into any space, you bring yourself and all of your baggage, all of your hurt, all of your pains into that space. Mm-hmm. And even in pastoral ministry, uh, it's helped me, you know. When I'm talking to a parishioner, I'm talking to them from my view. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm a black boy from Oakland, California. was raised with one of five kids that grew up impoverished mm-hmm. in gang-infested areas. And so uh, when I listen to somebody you know, share their heart here. Sometimes I'm like, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I come through it from my worldview. And it's really, sometimes it's difficult to detach Terrence from the situation mm-hmm. and just let me be a conduit, mm-hmm. uh, 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 a soundboard of, uh, of sorts. Uh, and to leave Terrence's, there's nothing wrong with Terrence's biases or presuppositions. It makes who, it makes me who I am. But mm-hmm. when I walk into a room or when I, speak to anybody in any type of pastoral way i have to I have to leave that at at, at the uh, at the beginning of the conversation you know mm-hmm. uh, and that's difficult because we are who we are mm-hmm. garrett's been through what garrett's been through his experiences or who are your experiences and uh, those are wonderful experiences but sometimes what people uh what people don't need in my opinion is us to be projecting ourselves mm. into their lives. Uh, 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 sometimes, with what, in my opinion, what people need is just a sounding board, mm-hmm. just to listen, just to be there. And sometimes uh, I've had conversations pastorally, even before I became a chaplain, uh, just listen, mm. didn't say a word. And it's 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 been cathartic. It's been a it's been a process of where people can process their their hurts uh, uh, and pains. And that 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 uh, that image of walking alongside is mm-hmm. powerful. Uh, and I think, in my arrogant opinion, if a lot of pastors would adopt that mm. adopt that philosophy, I think we would, I think we'd we I think we'd be a lot stronger advocates for people's. Uh, people's well-being so i forgot the question i've just been babbling (laughs) no you're (laughs) fine you know going off of that and this may be one of the the last questions i have for you you know when you feel like you know those those moments or those days where you walk into a situation and you're caring for someone who who's hurting in whatever way it is and you, you know, you take, you try to take yourself out of the equation as much as you can. And now all of a sudden, all that's left is, uh, and you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but all that's left really is God and what God is going to be able to do in that person's heart or in that yeah. person's life. What, what makes those different than the, the moments where maybe there's too much Terrence? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to speak frankly here. 
usually the moments that Terrence feels good about the conversation at the end of it, Terrence did a terrible job. Because <laughs> Terrence said what was on his mind, and that may or may not have been what, what is appropriate in the moment. Mm-hmm. I think back to some of the ministry advice that I've given people through the years, and I think back and I say, gee, that was terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> I was really projecting what I felt about a situation, may have been similar or different, or how I felt about what they were going through, uh, which may or may not have been appropriate uh, at the time. And it, it, it caused some damage <laughs> mm. uh, because I, I wasn't thinking about what they were experiencing, I was thinking about how I was processing it and how I was going to respond to what they were saying. So how Terrence responds to situations that are, uh, that I try to remove myself as much as possible, uh, it creates space for them to be who they are Mm. and to affirm whatever is there, Uh, good or bad. It's not my job to 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 fix it it's not my job to interpret it it's not my job to analyze it uh it's my job to just be there mm-hmm. and that has carried as i said before into my personal private pastoral ministry when friends have come to me in private and have have asked me for advice which i still don't know th- to this day why people are asking me for advice <laughs> about anything they don't know how jacked up i am if they knew how jacked up i was they wouldn't ask me for advice uh, but uh, really terrence tries to divorce himself from from terrence in a moment in, in those moments and even here this is this is challenging to me because terrence is talking about terrence and terrence doesn't normally i'm talking <laughs> myself in, i'm talking about myself in a third person i don't normally talk talk about uh, myself and mm. what's going on. I normally process that in in, in private and uh-huh. in prayer time and reflection and personal meditation. Uh, so even now it's a challenge to to talk about it because it's like wow, okay, I get out, hey. I have an opportunity <laughs> to talk about what's on my heart. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, the same way that like you've given me this platform, mm-hmm. I try to give people a platform to share their heart and try not to bring Terrence's baggage, you know, because if I've had a rough day or a rough night or had some bad news, you can carry that into a room or into a pastoral encounter, uh, and uh, you can do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And uh, so checking yourself at the door, and it's different for everybody. Uh, some people do it extremely well, naturally. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of those people who did it extremely well, naturally. I had to really work on my biases and my presuppositions and checking myself at the door. And even now, you know, I can't say that I do it perfectly. I have no idea, but I know that's the intent. That's, that's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how it's different. It's, it's less of Terrence and my will and what, how I think things are supposed to be going. And that's different. Cause when I was in full-time ministry, I felt like, well, this is, this is what I should be doing. And this is what I think. And, it didn't matter what anybody else thought, but mm-hmm. now that I can take a step back and reflect on it, I'm saying, I, I, I say, that, well, had I uh, checked myself at the door and my baggage at the door, not that that's being inauthentic. You're mm-hmm. still Terrence. You're still Garrett. Uh, but I would have done less damage in, mm-hmm. in a lot of situations. 
So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that's, you know, that's really good. It's uh, something that, you know, I think it's it should be a struggle for, for all of us to kind of want to step aside or put aside our ego or whatever else is getting in the way uh, when we're when we're dealing with anyone any kind of you know relationship or interaction with people uh, and you know it's a it's a challenge to be able to say I'm gonna I'm gonna try and, and check my own biases or my own you know issues that I'm dealing with so that I can you know be there and be what I need to be for for this person and I think you know, just based off what you said, you know, the, th- the thing that, that comes to me is, you know, the, the less I'm trying to put myself into that situation, the more I'm allowing God to, to do, Absolutely. to do work. Cause I, I, I say this sometimes, you know, for, for anything that I, I do, uh, you know, some, sometimes I, and I, you know, one of these days, maybe I'll, I'll know, but you know, how, how much is God doing, um, you know, through me versus how much is God, God doing in spite of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, and that's a, that's a good, that's a good point because there still can be some good pastoral care and pastoral leadership that happens regardless of how we, uh, conduct ourselves. Cause certainly I've had pastors in the past that, you know, weren't always cognizant and really didn't care about, <laughs> mm. you know, nobody else's view but their own but still god was able to use them in mighty ways so you know it's 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 definitely a continuum but certainly what i found to be most effective and most uh, life-giving and affirming is allowing myself uh, the room to where when i'm listening to people not to be uh, checking their own concerns uh their, their concerns and their worries with my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, I'm not living myself vicariously through them and trying to fix them with my baggage. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's been powerful. And, uh, yeah, and God can move in spite of you. Mm-hmm. That is that is very true, and I think that's that's been the story of my life. But <laughs> my desire has been to move along with God. Mm-hmm and try to be in tune with him, uh, whatever, whatever way that might present itself. And certainly, you know, in this racial climate and, Mm -hmm. and everything that's going on, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. worry. There's a lot of anxiety. Even as things start to open up, everyone is asking, well, what is next? How do we move from here? Churches, Mm -hmm. you know, who have never done this before are asking the same question. Hospitals are asking, how do we move forward? Families, you know, some of which have been displaced because of uh, uh, this crisis, are asking, "What's next?" <clears throat> and uh, what's cool about what I do is I can I can witness and and sit there and listen as people process and pick up the pieces of their life. And mm-hmm. excuse me. <coughs> um, so. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You're good. <coughs> I yeah, I you know, 
that's that's a good a good note to think you know and as as we as a nation as a world <coughs> you're fine as we co- we continue to go through you know all of these these different uh situations and circumstances you know as difficult as they might be or uh, as uh, challenging maybe unanticipated um, you know to just to step aside and uh, just think about it and think about what's going on and to um, just remember that you know whatever it is anything it is it's it's a process and it takes time uh, and it sometimes it might not be easy um, you know and for for anyone listening just you know continue to 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 do that to stop and think and you know hear what people have to say to to realize that we're all going through you know situations or trauma or um, issues and that we we're all trying to you know figure out how we can put things back together again and hopefully make them better than they were before and to to come out uh, stronger and so you know just kind of thinking about that uh, you know Terrence is there anything else as we kind of start to wrap up that you'd like to say no I I, I thank you for the opportunity and uh, I pray that something has been said to to encourage somebody and uplift someone's spirit and maybe enlighten someone about yeah. Uh, the need to uh, to engage in uh, uh, self care and mm-hmm. uh, uh, so appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, as I said, you and you and I go way back <laughs> in, in in college, and certainly we're friends. And I thank you for that. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Thank you again for taking the time out of your day. Uh, to come here and just uh, share a little bit of your heart and talk about, you know, some of the stuff that you've witnessed, that you've gone through. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I really hope that uh, plenty of people get to see this and uh, get to, you know, hear a little bit of this and maybe they can take some of this, you know, and, and translate it into something in their life, into their workplace or their family or any situation they're dealing with um you just thank you again and uh, for those of you listening uh, if you want to find more things like this you can find us on social media at gcc bartlesville uh, all of our handles are gcc bartlesville website is gccbartlesville.org uh, we are trying to build out this particular platform Uh, Currently, you can watch it on YouTube or you can listen on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, a lot of other podcast platforms, hopefully more coming in the future with more of these conversations. Uh, So just, uh, you know, comment things you want us to hear, want to hear us talk about more people you want us to talk to. uh, um, And if you like this, just... um, you know, share it, share it with your friends, family, uh, and we will get to talk to you again next week.